Thank you, John. Great words to us this morning. What an amazing passage. Incredible words. Um, and I just wonder, as we, before we start digging into the passage this morning, I just wonder what you've noticed this week. I've really been struck myself just noticing the atmosphere in, in the nation. As you turn on the telly, pretty much every time you turn on the telly, you're seeing people in a state of mourning, in a state of reaching out and expressing their grief, as well as their love for the Queen and the royal family. Uh, you've probably seen the pictures of the crowds waiting, the queuing. There's something like 17 hours, I think they were saying last night, that people were queuing through the night to see the coffin of the Queen lying in state. It's amazing how people are reaching out, reaching out, expressing their grief, but also expressing their love and their thanks for the Queen. You've probably seen some images like this. Uh, When Prince William, oh, not Prince William. (laughs) Uh, It is Prince William, sorry, thank you. Yes, it's the Prince of Wales, that's the word I was looking for. And King Charles walks out amongst the crowd and the crowds are desperate, aren't they? Just to say, just to hold them and get that sense of being held, being looked in the eye. People are sharing this emotion as they meet the royal family, as they express their love and their grief all intertwined. And we're in this second week now of seeing lives transformed by Jesus, looking at this series where we look at the life-changing presence and compassion of our King, King Jesus. And we are reaching out to him. We're reaching out to Jesus as our King and looking to him and saying, Lord, we love you. Lord, we want to follow you. Lord Jesus, we want to be changed and transformed as we see your compassion and your love for others. Change me. And this passage this morning is one where we see Jesus reaching out. It's an amazing, amazing story. I really encourage you to go into this story and almost put yourself into the story. It's one of those where if you put yourself into it, it's amazing. How Jesus treats people, how Jesus reaches out in the same way as we saw the royal family reaching out and meeting people where they are. Jesus is the one who we see walking among the crowds today. And he looks people in the eye, he loves them, and he reaches out. And he lets them reach out to him as well. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that we sense the compassion of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the fact that he transforms lives then, and he wants to transform my life and your life today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are king. You are Lord, and we love you, and we pray. Holy Spirit, would you just reveal yourself afresh to us this morning? Would you show us your face? Would we seek your face? Would we kneel at your feet? Would we reach out to you afresh this morning? And I pray, Lord, would you enlarge our hearts? Uh, Someone had a word as we were uh, meeting to pray before about enlarging our capacity Lord, would you enlarge our hearts to see people as you see them today, I pray. Amen. Amen. So this...
passage that we've looked at is in kind of three parts. I love the book of Mark. It kind of jumps around all over the place. And it starts off uh, by meeting one character, Jairus, and it jumps to woman, and then we go back to Jairus again. And there's, there's a kind of a thread hanging through it. But I really hope you see the sort of the time that Jesus spends with people, the compassion he has, that physical contact he has with them as well. And so our first character is Jairus. Here he is. Jesus gets off the boat and he meets Jairus. He's a synagogue leader. Um, Some people think, well, that sounds really grand. But in probably a small town or village of a few hundred people, there was probably three of them and Jairus was one of them. So he he kind of made things happen in the temple. Um, He was probably expected to keep a bit of distance from Jesus. Oh, troublemaker. This man going around talking about the good news. The good news, the kingdom of God is here now. Jairus would probably have been told, keep away, keep a bit of distance, you know, don't go listening to this man. But actually, things have changed for Jairus. His daughter is ill. He doesn't know that she's dying, but he knows that she's in a critical state. He knows that his last thing that he can do is come and meet with Jesus. So where in a pattern before he would have said, I'll keep my distance from Jesus, now we see Jairus humbled at Jesus' feet. He throws himself before him and says, Jesus, come, come and meet with me. Come and meet with my daughter. She's really sick. She's dying. I need you, Jesus. Only you can save her. All of us reach that point in our lives, don't we, where we come and we're humbled at Jesus' feet, where we recognise our need for him. Jesus, I need you. (laughs) I can't do this anymore on my own. I need you. I need to reach out to you, Jesus, and say, Jesus, save me. Save me. Save those that I love. Jairus humbles himself. He asks Jesus to come and place his hands on her so that she may be healed. Jairus has reached out to Jesus. He's physically placed himself at his feet and he's asked Jesus to heal his daughter. Only Jesus can save her. And we don't know the dialogue that went on. It just says in the Bible, so Jesus went with him. (laughs) I love that. Jesus is always going to be a, yeah, I'm coming. I want to come to your house, Jairus. I want to come and meet with you where you're at. I want to come and place my hands on your daughter and heal her. So Jesus is moved. His heart of compassion, he sees Jairus, this godly man, on his knees going, Jesus, help. And he's stirred and he goes, yes. Jesus goes, yes, I'm going to come. I'll come to your house. And maybe there's people on your heart this morning, whether in the room or online, and you're just thinking, Lord, my heart goes out to those people that need you that need that touch from you, Jesus, that need that healing, need that humbling, need that saving. Lord Jesus, I name those people now before you. And maybe you're someone here as well that actually goes, well, actually, that person's me, Lord. Jesus, you know my need. I'm kneeling before you right now, and I'm saying, Jesus, I need you. Come to my house. Come into my life. Come and save me. Come and set me free. Come and heal me. And Jesus says yes. He always says yes to us when we reach out, when we humble ourselves before him.
And then the story breaks off. Hang on a minute, we're going to Jairus' house. No, we're not. There's suddenly a crowd, crowd swarming around. And we now see a woman reaching out to Jesus. This woman's been bleeding for 12 years. She's probably got some chronic internal bleeding that has made her unclean. She's impure. She can't go near other people because of this bleeding that she has. For Jewish women in that society, she would have been isolated, physically isolated during her period that she would be on, and everything she touched would have been unclean until the bleeding would have stopped. But for this woman, the bleeding never stopped. So she was constantly, for 12 years, isolated, separated, marginalised, pushed away, alone. Shocking for this woman. Shocking that she is seen as an outcast, the untouchable of society. She's permanently unclean and impure. I don't know how she would have been feeling. Fearful? Lonely? Struggling? Her mental health must have been awful. She probably couldn't earn any money. She would rely on the charity of others. She was the least the last, at the bottom of the pile, she would be seen as someone was lost. And she knew that she needed Jesus. And instead of waiting for Jesus to come to her, what does she do? She gets in amongst the crowd. Hang on a minute. She'd have been in, touching other people, making them unclean. But she needs Jesus, and she pushes her way through. You can imagine it, can't you? She pushes her way in. She grabs out and touches the cloak of Jesus. And instantly, she's healed. Miraculously, she's healed. And Jesus knows it, doesn't he? He turns around and goes, who touched me? I love that. It's such a comedy moment. And all the disciples go, Jesus, you're in a crowd. There's loads of us around. You're bound to be one of us touching you. No, Jesus knows. Someone has reached out and touched him. Someone has drawn on the... and come with their faith and reached out and trusted in Jesus. And she's healed. She's like Jairus in a way. She is desperate. She needs Jesus to save her, to heal her, to restore her. She spent everything she has on doctors and they've just made it worse. She's so brave, this woman. I love her. She's amazing. She comes to Jesus and Jesus heals her. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. suffering. So it was amazing that she was healed, but Jesus wants to do more. More than just physical healing, Jesus wants to restore her. Restore her to her community, to those around me. And that's why Jesus asked, who touched me? And the woman could have shrunk back and just taken her healing and gone away. But instead, she's brave again. And she steps up to Jesus and said, yeah, it was me. I reached out. I touched you. And Jesus restores her. Listen to these words that he speaks over her. Daughter. Daughter. He restores her to being part of a family. Isn't that beautiful? She is restored to her community where she was alone and pushed out and at the bottom of the pile. Now she's back in the family. He says to her, go in peace. There's that restoration of body, soul, spirit. She is restored. 
emotionally, mentally, socially. Jesus doesn't just want to physically heal. He wants to pull us into the body of Christ. He wants to bring us together as children of God, daughters and sons of the King. So I wonder this morning, a second little pause for thought, is who might Jesus be calling me to reach out to? We're called the body of Christ, aren't we? We're called to be like Jesus wherever we go, his hands and his feet. Who might Jesus be asking me to to reach out and to touch, to draw alongside, to say, come on, come on in. Come and be welcome in my house, in my home, in my church, in my street, in my neighbourhoods. Who are the least and the lost and those that are seen as outside and untouchable that Jesus goes, no, you're welcome. You're more than welcome. You're loved and you're known by the King. Amazing. I love that story. I pray you dig into it this week and just see Jesus reaching out to this amazing lady and restoring her and healing her. Amazing. The reaching out of Jesus. And then we jump back into Jairus' story. We've had this little segue and now we've gone from this amazing point of healing and restoration and this beautiful moment to suddenly friends of Jairus turn up and go, oh, what's the point? You're too late, Jesus. You've been wasting your time with these people. Come on, you've missed, them. you've missed the moment. They even say, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? God, you can hear it, can't you? That, wow, why bother? But Jesus, overhearing what they said, says these amazing words. He says it to us again this morning. Don't be afraid. Just believe. What brilliant words from Jesus that just cuts through all that unbelief and angst. And what's the point? And sometimes we can feel like that. What's the point? (laughs) And Jesus goes, don't be afraid. Just believe. Just believe. And so they carry on and they walk to Jairus' house. He commends Jairus for his faith. And again, you have another comical moment. It's a right old noise outside. All the professional mourners have turned up and there's weeping and wailing and everything's going on. And Jesus just goes, whoa, calm that right down. You can push off. <laughs> We're going inside. And he takes those closest to him. He takes the Jairus and his wife. He takes three of the disciples, Peter, James and John. And he goes, cool, we're going to step into this space. Let's see what happens when Jesus enters the room. Again, he breaks all the boundaries of society. He goes in to a room where a dead body is. That would have made Jesus unclean. But he breaks the boundaries and he says, what you call unclean, I'm now calling clean. I'm breaking through boundaries that society has put up. I'm going to cut through all of that. And I'm going to reach out. And I'm going to hold on to this girl's hand. And this time, instead of people reaching out to Jesus, Jesus walks in and he grabs hold of the girl's hand. He is kind, he is gentle, and he speaks these words over her. Little girl, I say to you, get up. You can hear the tenderness of Jesus. You can sense the the authority, but also the tenderness as he holds her hand and he says, little girl, get up. (laughs) 
She does. And they're astonished. And they go, that's amazing. Jesus, you are the best. You are the one where there is no other way. We've just sung about it, haven't we? The way maker. Where there seems like there is no other way. Jesus, you make the way. Don't be afraid. Just believe. They're astonished. They're amazed. And I love it. Again, these little bits of detail. You can tell she's a pre-teenager. She wakes up running around the room and the first thing they do is grab her a sandwich, get her something to eat. <laughs> she's going to be hungry. You know, she, you know that's what your teenagers are like. They're, they're always going to be ready for food. I love that. I love that detail. Jesus cares about us, doesn't he? The practicalities. He's interested in each area of our lives. And so, as I come to an end, I just want us to really think about the way that we can reach out to Jesus, but he reaches out to us as well. We see it in different ways. Jairus coming on his knees before Jesus, going, Jesus, I need you. I humble myself. I need you again today. And maybe we need to do that today. Humble ourselves and maybe for the first time come to Jesus and go, Jesus, I've been living my life for myself. I want to turn myself around. I want to trust in you. I want to say sorry for the stuff I've done. And I make you, Lord. I want to follow you, Jesus. Transform me. Change me from the inside out. Because a touch from Jesus changes everything. It changes it for us. It changes it for others. We can be the ones that come alongside and point people to Jesus and go, he is the one. He is the one that can heal you, transform you, set you free and restore you to community. He is the one who can bring you into the family of God. You are children of the King. Just as that woman was restored, he chooses to restore and heal me and you. I found this quote that says this, There is no untouchable with Jesus. There is no one to whom Christ's healing does not extend. No one is too unclean to be touched. No situation is beyond Christ's power. Amen. There is no untouchable with Jesus. Praise God. We are sometimes the broken ones, the weak ones, the messy ones. And Jesus says, that's okay, come. We're going to come to the table in a moment. The place where Jesus extends himself to us. That ultimate place where he reaches out his arms to us on the cross and he says, come. Come, each of you. This is what love is, says Jesus. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Jesus still reaches out today. He reaches out his arms on the cross to me and to you and to the whole world. And he says, I love you. I want to heal you. I want to save you. I want to set you free. I want to restore you and draw you in with these amazing outstretched arms to you and to me. And Jesus, in that same passage, it goes on in 1 John 3.16, it says, As well as Jesus outstretching his arms for us, 
It says, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. We are to be those hands that reach out in love to others and say, come. Come and meet with Jesus. Come and sit at his feet. Come and know his goodness. Come and know that he loves you, that he has a plan and a purpose for you.